the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. What's going on, everybody? Uh, the Alcatulo Craft Beer Cast is on the air, and it's on AM 970. The answer, a fantastic show for you tonight. A craft beer guest that's going to be joining me this hour, and a really great interview. So great. Normally, my interviews go about 10, 11 minutes. This one goes about 16 and a half, and you definitely want to listen to it because it is a fantastic interview. Probably one of the better interviews that I've done uh, in recent memory. Some news and notes to get to, but first, how can you follow me? It's easy. On Twitter, at Al Gattulo. Instagram at Gatulo, that's G-A-T-T-U-L-L-O. Facebook.com slash AG Craft Beercast via email at Albert G at NYCRadio.com. And don't forget iTunes and Google Play. You just do a search for AG Craft Beercast, and you can find all the shows on those two platforms. Download and listen to them at your leisure. Now, my guest tonight on the Algatulo Craft Beer Cast on AM 970 The Answer, he's a writer and he's also now an author, Josh Noel. Josh writes uh, all about beer. Uh, food, travel, etc. for the Chicago Tribune. But he is also the author of a book that's going to be hitting the shelves on June 1st next week. It's called Barrel-Aged Stout and Selling Out, Goose Island, Anheuser-Busch, and How Craft Beer Became Big Business. You can follow him on Twitter at HopNotes. Uh, JoshNoel.net is his website. You can learn more about the book. You can order a copy of the book or, of course, go to Amazon, all that other good stuff. Uh, it is a great interview. Uh, spoke to him about a week ago. And um, just just uh, it's a it's a fascinating book about the history of Goose Island, how they sold to Anheuser-Busch and how craft beer suddenly became this big business and stuff we'll get into in our news and notes as well. That's going to happen in about 20 minutes from now. I encourage you to stick around for that interview. Uh, It is a really good interview. Josh was great. Uh, Would love to get him back on the show again at some point. That's how that's how good I thought uh, the interview was. And the book uh, so far is fantastic. I'm about halfway through the book now. And um, it is a really, really fantastic read. Uh, so let's get into some news and notes. Uh, Birdsong Brewing, uh, they're re- uh, releasing a Rewind Lager on June 2nd, um, which is interesting. Lagers, a beer we don't really see enough of. Um, it, you know, lagers are really good beer, but they take time to make. Um, you, there are other beers that you can make quicker. But, you know, lagers are a really good, easily approachable beer for people. And we're not seeing a lot of that. So Birdsong out of Charlotte, North Carolina, uh, is doing a um, a, a lager, which uses uh, Sterling and Saz hops. Clocks in around 4% ABV, 22 uh, IBU. Again, easy drinking, low alcohol, um, something that you can have a couple, you know, three, four during a summer party or whatever, and not uh, feel overwhelmed. So uh, definitely, um, I think we're starting to see that trend now. Uh, big IPA stouts, great. You know, I love them, uh, but they can get overwhelming at times. You can't drink so many of them. So uh, I think a lager or a pilsner is what people are looking for. When you hear pilsner, you think Budweiser, sure. 
Um, but you can elevate that game uh, of a Budweiser and have a better beer, uh, crisper beer, an, a more drinkable beer, let's say. Um, to be honest with you, you're drinking Coors Light, you're drinking water. You're drinking Michelob Ultra, you're drinking water. Um, you drink a good lager from a craft brewer or good Pilsner, you're drinking a good beer. That's refreshing. You can drink a few more of them. You won't feel bloated and, you know, boozed up. It's definitely, I, I think it's where some of the trend is going. Sure, everybody's going to keep making their IPAs. Everybody's going to keep making their stouts. But I think the breweries that are making lagers and pilsners to get that, um, to get that crowd in the door, you know, they know who to cater to when it comes to uh, the craft beer aficionado. It's getting people in the door to try a beer for the first time uh, and then start trying other beers. You know, my, I use my wife as a perfect example. Never an IPA fan, didn't like them too bitter, but she's acquiring a taste for IPAs now because she's starting to ease into it. The juice bombs help, uh, but that's not really, to me, that's not a true IPA. A true IPA has that bitter bite to it, that, that bitter face that you make when you, when you drink one. That's an IPA, and some of them can be really good. Some of them can be really bad. But my wife is starting to acquire a taste for those. And, you know, eventually you get to that point. Now, she may never get to that point where she likes a double IPA and it's super bitter or whatever. But the fact that I've gotten her to try IPAs and she's taken a few sips uh, and not just one and, and poured it out, that's an accomplishment for me. And I think that's what brewers want, too. They want to just let me get you in and try a couple of different things. Maybe you'll like something that you might not necessarily have liked before or think that it would turn you off. So... I think lagers are definitely the way to go. So uh, kudos to Birdsong Brewing. Let's see what happens uh, with that lager there. Now, the other big news that happened earlier this week, Schmaltz Brewing sold its Clifton Park, New York brewery assets uh, to the owner of Single Cut uh, Beersmiths. So uh, Schmaltz has sold only the equipment in the facility. It retains full ownership and control of all of its brands under the Schmaltz Brewing and Hebrew uh, beer lineup as well as its new upstate New York 518-838 craft line. It recently acquired and redesigned the Alphabet City brands, and, of course, it still has the exclusive licensing agreement with CBS uh, for the line of custom Star Trek-themed beers. So, um, you know, these guys have been around for 21 years. They started in California. They're uh, in upstate New York. But now uh, Schmaltz is basically going to go back to contract brewing again uh, and kind of be that, that gypsy brewer now. Uh, they'll initially maintain all of its current brewing packaging and production team through the transition, uh, during which time the new operator will be obtaining its federal and state licenses and take overall operations. So once that's done, they'll transfer. Uh, they will continue through late 2018 to run its 2,000-square-foot tasting room, host the brewery events uh, that have grown uh, over, the, over the years, including its five-year anniversary beer festival bash in June, Black Friday beer, uh, Black Beer Fest in the fall. Uh, they are announcing new brewery partners in the coming months, and intends to remain brewing with the highest quality craft brewers uh, in its current home state of New York. They're also exploring the possibility of brewing again in California. Um, they are now also pursuing the opportunity to brew special batches and collaborations in new locations around the country. So this is interesting. So, the, um, the, the, again, as I said, they're going to go back to contract brewing. They're going to go back to being a gypsy brewer. They've sold uh, their, uh, their, their Clifton Park Brewery to... Uh, to uh, uh, single Cut, which is interesting. Single Cut is growing in leaps and bounds, so it's interesting they want to put a facility up there. Obviously, they want to get their beer up into uh, upstate New York. This is an easier way to do it without having to truck uh, their beer from Queens. They can do it from there and then truck it all over New York State. So that's smart. Um, there was a lot of debt 
that uh, the owner of Schmaltz was leveraging. So this pays off his debt. And he said, it's going to pay down my debt. It's going to give me some working capital uh, to do some different things, to get out from under it. And I wonder, um, the owner from Boulevard Brewing, uh, Jonathan Danzler uh, is his name, was tweeting something out the other day. And I thought it was interesting because it, the way he um, the, the way he put it uh, was the fact that um, he feels that this is the way breweries are going now. You're seeing, you know, and when, when the craft beer, and again, we've, we've talked about this before on the show, about this craft beer bubble uh, that may or may not be bursting. I think this is what we're seeing now from certain people. Some people have assets that they're able to leverage and get out from under them because they're in high debt, and they're finding a willing participant to take over um, their brewery or their operations or whatever, and they're able to get out from under that debt. And banks, it's, it's kind of like the housing crisis uh, was back in 2006, 2007, and then 2008, the bubble burst. Uh, everybody was buying homes and reselling them at a, at a, at a hefty profit. Um, and then all of a sudden, the bubble burst, and now homes are worth half of what what they were worth. Let's say your house was worth 500000 Now it's only worth uh, 300000 You've got a mortgage that you can't pay because it's not worth what it was anymore, right? So now you've got to try and get out from under it or file for bankruptcy, foreclosure, uh, the whole nine yards. Seen it happen to a number of people. It almost happened to me. I was lucky enough uh, to get out from under it and buy a smaller house uh, before it all happened and was able to make a little bit of profit and be able to put it back into the smaller house that I bought. Um, but now we're starting to see this with breweries now. Banks were giving out loans. No problem, no problem. It's a big business. It's, it's starting to become a big business. We're going to get a return on our investment. Now all of a sudden you're not going to get that return on investment, right? Uh, the, the value of your company is now less. So now what are you going to do? So now you have to try and sell that. Sometimes a pennies on the dollar. Doesn't help you, doesn't help the bank. Now all of a sudden interest rates rise. It's tougher for breweries to get a loan. So I think this is what we're seeing in these mid-level brewers. The microbreweries are going to be okay because they have a certain amount of debt that they can meet. Okay, And if they're making and selling enough product, they're going to be okay. But the mid-level brewer who has leveraged a lot of debt to build bigger things because bigger, 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 bigger as the business is growing, they're having difficulty now. And so we're starting to see this sell-off. So kudos uh, to, to uh, Schmaltz for, for, and Jeremy Cowan for selling off his assets at the right time where he feels, listen, I don't need this big place anymore. I can do these different things. I can partner up with different people and still make uh, great beer. So smart move out of Jeremy Cowan and Schmaltz. They're going to they're gonna keep brewing beer upstate. They're going to bounce around to different places. Their sales staff is going to stay in place. They're going to focus uh, mainly on New York State and in New Jersey as well, right? That's good. That's a good thing that we're seeing. But I think the, the, the bigger problem is, are we going to see this as a, as a domino effect with other breweries? I hope not. But it's an, interesting, it's an interesting case, again, to see these mid-level brewers are starting to find problems in managing their businesses because maybe they've expanded too fast and misread the market. And I hope we don't see a bubble that bursts that causes a lot of these craft breweries to collapse. Now, I think we're going to see some weeding out and some attrition, but I hope it doesn't become the big bomb that people are expecting it to be. We shall see. When we come back after a short break, some more news and a quick, a short little segment there uh, in our second break. And then, of course, Josh Noel will be joining me uh, later in the hour. Folks, we're just getting started on this program, and it focuses on that delicious beverage made with barley and hops. This is the Alcatulo Craft Beer Cast on AM 970, The Answer. Mike Gallagher always asks the tough questions. The President of the United States says... 
I'm demanding an investigation into whether or not the highest levels of justice ordered a surveillance of my campaign. If you believe in transparency, what would you care if there's an investigation? Why would you be intimidated by the president wanting to get to the bottom of it? The Mike Gallagher Show. Weekdays at 10, right before Dennis Prager at 1 on AM 970. The Answer. How can I protect my family if something happens to me? What if I need to go to a nursing home? What will happen to our savings, our home? What's the best way to give my home to my kids? Who will help us take care of Grandpa? These and many other questions can be answered with a phone call to Connors & Sullivan Attorneys at Law, PLLC, 718-238-6500. Mike Connors, one of New York Magazine's top lawyers, has over 30 years of estate planning and elder law experience. Mike and his team of professionals will help you protect your assets from probate, taxes, and nursing home costs so you can have peace of mind knowing you and your family will be taken care of and protected. I'm Mike Connors, founder of Connors & Sullivan. People don't plan to fail, they fail to plan. The time to plan is now. I'm Beth Connors. Call today for a free initial consultation with one of our experienced lawyers. Connors & Sullivan in Brooklyn, Queens, Manhattan, and Staten Island. Call 718-238-6500, 718-238-6500, or connorsandsullivan.com. This is Mike Gallagher again. Let me be clear. Relief Factor is a 100% drug-free product that simply helped eliminate my pain. Pain from back pain in a motorcycle accident that made my life a little uncomfortable. If you're struggling with pain in your hands, feet, hips, knees, or neck, you name it, you owe it to yourself to go to relieffactor.com. Order the three-week quick start. It's only $19.95. Give it a try. It works. Relieffactor.com. That's relieffactor.com. Or call them. 800-500-8384. 800-500-8384. Hi, this is Michael Riedel from the New York Post. If you listen to my Saturday morning show here on AM 970, you've heard me talking about this new revival of Carousel on Broadway at the Imperial Theater. To get tickets, go to telecharge.com. Get your tickets to Carousel at the Imperial Theater. Don't miss the new afternoon drive show, Cats at Night, with John Katsimatidis, Wednesdays at 5 p.m. exclusively on AM 970, The Answer. In the air of the cat. Want to listen to AM 970 The Answer on the go? There's an app for that. Download our free smartphone app so you can listen to all your favorite shows, keep up with us on social media, enter contests, win prizes, and even interact with our hosts all in one place. Just search AM 970 The Answer in the iPhone App Store or the Google Play Store for the Android. Again, search AM 970 The Answer and download our smartphone app today. That way, you can take us wherever you go. Breaking news and local news. Find it on our website, am970theanswer.com. to the Algatulo Craft Beer Cast on AM 970. The answer, follow me on social media. Very easy on Twitter, at Algatulo. Instagram, at Catulo. That's G-A-T-T-U-L-L-O. Facebook.com slash AG Craft Beer Cast. Email at AlbertG at NYCRadio.com. And don't forget, iTunes and Google Play. Just do a search for AG Craft Beer Cast. You can find all the shows on those two platforms. A little Creedence Clearwater uh, Revival. 
Uh, I'm actually at the uh, PNC Bank Art Center tonight to see John Fogarty and ZZ Top. Uh, never saw John Fogarty, so that's a bucket list item for me. Give you a full review of the concert on next week's program. My guest tonight on the Alcatulo Craft Beer Cast on AM 970, The Answer. He's a writer now. He's an author. Josh Noll. Josh writes all about beer, uh, travel, food, etc. for the uh, Chicago Tribune. But he's also the author of a book. It's going to be out on shelves on June 1st. It's called Barrel Age Stout and Selling Out. Uh, Goose Island, Anheuser-Busch, and how craft beer became big business. You can follow him on Twitter, at HopNotes. JoshNoll.net is the website uh, where you can learn more about the book and order it as well. You can go on Amazon.com. That's going to happen about 10 minutes from now. A couple of quick news notes. Um, We mentioned this last week. uh, Definitely want to mention it again. It is uh, a great event uh, coming up on Saturday, June 23rd. Uh, The New Jersey Brewers Association throws this. It's um, It's the Battleship New Jersey uh, the uh, the 22nd anniversary of this festival, uh, where it's an all-New uh, Jersey beer festival. It's from 1 to 5 p.m., Saturday, June 23rd. They have a VIP hour uh, from noon to 1. Lots of great tickets. For the first time, your ticket's going to include the sample glass that includes unlimited two-ounce samples of any beer, uh, a free self-guided tour of the nation's most decorated ship, live music, food will also be available for purchase. Again, if you buy the VIP ticket, you get in an hour earlier. Uh, exclusive access to one-offs and other limited edition brews uh, that will be announced. That's for the VIP tickets. Lots of great breweries that are going to be there. The Almentry, Brick City, Carton, uh, Jersey Girl, Lone Eagle, Screaming Hill, uh, Wet Ticket will be there, Vinyl Brewing, Village Idiot, Tom Foolery, lots of other breweries to be added. Uh, NewJerseyBeer.TicketLeap.com for tickets and more information. I also wanted to update you on a a beer that we talked about last week. the uh, a Def Leppard and Elysium Brewing uh, put together a beer uh, called Def Leppard Pale. It's a 6% ABV uh, pale ale. comes in 16-ounce cans. It's actually out now, and it's, it's out because they are touring Def Leppard with Journey. So you're going to be able to get it. It was uh, a couple days ago uh, up in Albany at the show at the Times Union Center. But it's also going to be available at Madison Square Garden on June 13th and at the Prudential Center on June 15th. You can buy cans there while Def Leppard and Journey are playing that is very cool. Folks from Elysian are sending me uh, some beers to sample as well, so we'll uh, we'll check that beer out and we'll get back to you on that. Now, real quick before we take a break, it's a short break here uh, because I want to get the interview with Josh uh, runs over 15 minutes. It's a great interview. I, I really hope you stay tuned for that. Um, two events I was at last week. We'll touch on this more uh, during our Suds and Duds segment, but the Beer 3 Bacon uh, Barbecue Beer Showdown Phenomenal event. They ended up having to move it from uh, Lewis Doe Meadow Park in Morristown over to the Morristown Armory because of the rain. Uh, Allison does a fantastic job at this event, was very honored to be a judge again um, at this event. Some great food, some really great beer, uh, and the beers that won and will reveal the winners in our next in, uh, in our Suds and Duds segment. But what a fantastic job Allison does to put on this event and to be able to move it to a different venue with barely two and a half days' notice. Uh, is outstanding. Uh, so much fun, so much good food, and the people who won for best barbecue and best use of bacon and barbecue absolutely deserved it. The best beers as well. Surprise for um, the most unusual beer uh, because it was definitely a beer that, again, not many people are making. I mentioned this in the last segment, so you might have a, a clue as to where I'm going there, but uh, a great event. And thank you, Allison, for that. And then, of course, uh, I was over in Brooklyn for the Five Borough Craft Beer Fest at the Well in Williamsburg. What a great event. I I really want to go to this again and really experience the full event. We got there late. My wife and I got there probably around, 
I don't know, 5.30, quarter to 6, and didn't really, uh, you know, I wasn't able to take full advantage of everything there, but got to try some fantastic beers from some great places across the country. Um, we'll talk about them in our Suds and Duds segment, but the food was great. The bands were great. The beer was awesome. It was just a really, really cool event. And honestly, folks, if you get an opportunity to go to this thing, the ticket is pricey. It's 75 bucks for the ticket, but everything's included. Your beer, your food, the music. It is definitely worth it because they only select the best beers to be there. And, boy, I'll tell you, there was a lot of great beer there. So thanks to the folks from the Five Borough Craft Beer Fest for inviting me. Uh, really enjoyed that. Just it was a long day on Saturday, and believe me, I think the next time have to break it up. Doing two events in one day, especially having to travel uh, to two states, is very, very difficult. Uh, you know, couldn't, uh, had to, you know, was sampling beers at the first one and kind of drinking water in between. Was able to scoot out of that early to get to the other one, but still. And out, over an hour in the car, it's a pain in the butt. And then you get there and you're kind of like, all right, you can't drink too much because you've got to drive home. So uh, it was, you know... It was, a, it was a fun day. But, boy, I'll tell you, that Five Borough Craft Beer Fest, even in the rain, tent set up, perfect. It was just a great event. Both events were fantastic. Can't thank the folks from both the Beer Three, uh, the B3 Bacon uh, Showdown and uh, the Five Borough Craft Beer Fest. Thanks so much for having me. Very much appreciate it. We'll get into it more uh, when we do Suds and Duds, the final segment of the show. When we come back after a short break, writer and author Josh Noel will join me. That happens next on the Alcatulo Craft Beer Cast on AM 970, The Answer. News, opinion, passion. This is AM 970, The Answer. Mostly cloudy, 82 degrees. What's going on? We have the answer. Police are talking to the stepfather of a Bronx toddler whose death was ruled a homicide. James Flippin reports. The medical examiner's office made their determination after discovering three-year-old Messiah Allen died of blunt force trauma. It's a baby! Neighbors overcome with grief as the little boy was so friendly and apt to wave at passersby. He was nicknamed the mayor. Messiah will run back from the park to the building. It's so Neighbor Althea Johnson now wishes she had said something. After what she'd seen made her worry something might be wrong. I noticed the visible bruises on his body. The city's administration for children's services also investigating. James Flippin, NBC News Radio, New York. Disgraced movie executive Harvey Weinstein is out on bail in New York City after surrendering to police yesterday morning and answering charges. Weinstein agreed to turn in his passport and wear an ankle monitoring device. He pleaded not guilty to felony sex crime charges in front of a Manhattan judge. Per the terms of the bail, his travel is restricted to New York and Connecticut. In sports, it's the Yankees 2 and the Angels 1. They're in the second inning at Yankee Stadium. The Mets were crushed by the Brewers 17-6. to And in Major League Soccer... The Red Bulls hosting Philadelphia in Harrison, New Jersey, no score in the first half. Time to check the traffic. Delays of up to 10 to 15 minutes for the Holland Tunnel both ways. Also a 15-minute delay outbound at the Lincoln. No delay on the George Washington Bridge. And a left-lane blockage outbound on the Brooklyn Bridge. The remnants of a vehicle fire being cleared south on the FDR at the Brooklyn Bridge. Very heavy traffic because of that vehicle fire. You now know how not to go. Weather for tonight, scattered showers and storms, low 65. Sunday, occasional showers, high 70. Sunday night, evening showers and cloudy skies, low 60. 60. Monday morning clouds, some sun in the afternoon, high 75. Dave Banning, AM 970, The Answer.
Folks, have I got a steakhouse for you. It's one of my favorite places to go to in Hoboken, New Jersey, Dino and Harry's Steakhouse. If you've never been to Dino and Harry's, I suggest you get there as soon as you can and find out why it's been rated the number one steakhouse in all of New Jersey. Now, obviously, the food is fantastic. From mouth-watering steaks and seafood to chicken dishes, fresh vegetables, unbelievable appetizers, the bacon there. You have to get the bacon. It's amazing. The list goes on and on. Everything is prepared to your liking, and not only is the food fantastic, but the decor is like going back in time to a turn of the century saloon vaulted ceilings tile floors enormous windows and a hand-carved cherry wood bar best part about the bar yeah they got craft beer on tap there don't you worry but they have a great selection of other drinks as well their mojitos are unbelievable they even film scenes from on the waterfront and city hall in this legendary restaurant go online to dinoandharrys.com check out the menu and make reservations you never know what celebrity or sports star might be dining next to you call 201-659-6202 that's 201-659-6202 Dino and Harry's, 163 14th Street in Hoboken, New Jersey. Make reservations today. Tell them Al Gattulo sent you. Do you have money in the stock market? Are you watching it bounce all over the place? While you're focused on the short-term movement, you might actually be missing what time it really is. We are late in the business cycle. Interest rates are flying higher, and overvalued stocks and bonds are going to come down. It's time for a new strategy. Gold. My name's Adam Barada. I'm the founder of goldisabetterway.com. And I'm so certain gold is going higher in price. I'm going to outperform stocks and bonds. I've created the world's first gold retirement protection platform ever built. If you have an IRA or 401k, I want to give you free access. Once you see this, you'll have no choice but to agree. And all you need to do is call for your special code. Call 800-900-8000. That's 800-900-8000. On a recorded line, you'll get a special code. You can join the site for free. No salespeople, no rigmarole. Just call 800-900-8000. Get your code. Get it now. Gold is a better way. Gold is a better way. Gold is a better way.com. Listen to Joe Piscopo in the morning, weekdays at 6. Mike Gallagher at 10 on AM 970. The Answer. Back to the Algatulo Graf Beer Cast on AM 970. The answer on this Memorial Day weekend. Follow me on Twitter at Algatulo, Instagram at Gatulo. That's G A T U L O. Facebook.com slash AG Craft Beer Cast. Via email at Albert G at NYC Radio.com. And don't forget Google Play and iTunes. Just do a search for AG Craft Beer Cast and you can download and listen to all the Craft Beer Casts right from there. I know I need sleep at some point because I almost misspelled my own last name, which would have been hysterical. But that's what happens when you wake up so early in the morning and have to do uh, a million different things working on a radio show. But my guest on the cast tonight, he is a writer of beer, food, and travel for the Chicago Tribune. He's also the author of a new book that's coming out June 1st, and it's called Barrel Aged, Stout, and Selling Out, Goose Island, Anheuser-Busch, and How Craft Beer Became Big Business. A fascinating book. Found him on Twitter. Uh, We had a little uh, back and forth on Twitter and then an email discussion, and now... For the first time, he's on the show here. Follow him on Twitter at HopNotes. JoshNoel.net is his website for the latest uh, from Josh, as well as uh, where to order the book, Amazon, and all those other good places. But let me welcome in Josh Noel to the Craft Beer Cast on AM 970, The Answer. Josh, welcome. Thanks, Al. Glad to be here. Thank you. Now, Josh, before we get into the book, in your opinion, uh, what is the best thing about craft beer in the United States right now? Ooh. 
the best thing about craft beer, uh, probably the the intersection of the diversity. There's just there's so much stuff out there, mm-hmm. uh, and the quality. There's so much good stuff out there. Right. You know, with all the all the breweries, you know, there's more than six thousand of them now. Right. Uh, you know, some are not going to be as quite as dialed in as others, but mm. uh, the ones at the at the top of their game, and they're all over the place. Uh, there are just so many breweries making so much good beer and so many different kinds of beer right now. There's just you can't contrast that to the late seventies, early eighties when we were basically a nation of Bud Miller Schlitz. Uh, and now it's just it's whatever you want. It's it's out there and it's, and 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 the odds that it's going to be good is uh, are good. Yeah, it's almost like a kid in a candy store. You don't know what to get. Do I go with the Snickers, the Milky Way? Maybe uh, maybe I'm in the mood for M and M's. That's what's that's what's really cool about the beer scene right now. I wholeheartedly agree. Now, Josh. Goose Island was the first to be acquired by AB InBev. People still, of course, rave about the bourbon barrel stout. I mean, I do. You know, listen, when it comes out, I try to get it. I know these people go crazy, uh, you know, trying to get it. And then there are other people, of course, uh, that love craft beer so much and independent craft beer that rail against ever buying it again. You're a sellout if you buy it. In your opinion, why do you think that is? Uh, I think... It, you know, it's it, it's a it's a tough question to answer mm-hmm. in a way because there's no one answer. A lot of right. it, it, craft beer is such it's like it's a consumer packaged good, unlike any other. People don't feel passionate and intimate about the crackers they buy. You know, they don't feel that way about the milk they buy or the mm-hmm. bread they buy. But something about this craft beer industry, just. Uh, it just sort of gets people in an intellectual place and in their heart in a in a different kind of way, and people feel this this intimacy and this allegiance with with the companies and with the breweries. You know, they stand in line for the stuff. They spend, right. you know, some of it gets expensive. They they invest some good money on the stuff. Uh, it just fires people up in a different way, and that that's part of the genius of the industry and what's made it so strong is that people do identify with it so passionately. So when one of these companies sells to Big Beer, which is what you know craft beer was basically a reaction to, right. again those the Bud Miller Schlitz years, uh, you know pe- people feel a sense of betrayal. And to, to someone who doesn't sort of care about beer or understand craft beer, you know the idea of selling your your craft brewery uh, being a betrayal to some people probably sounds nuts. But it's just again that's what makes the this landscape and the industry so special is that people do feel so strongly and so passionately about it. We're talking with Josh Noll, a writer of Beer, Food, and Travel for the Chicago Tribune. He's also the author of a new book coming out June 1st. I can't wait to get into this book, Barrel Age Stout and Selling Out, Goose Island, Anheuser-Busch, and How Craft Beer Became Big Business. You can follow him on Twitter, at HopNotes. JoshNoel.net is the website for the book. You can order it there. You can go to Amazon.com and order it. We're here on the Algatulo Craft Beer cast on AM 970, The Answer. So as you mentioned on the website, JoshNoel.net, it took you six years to write this book. It, yeah, it started well, by talking with the founder of Goose Island, John Hall, back in 2012. Now, why did it take so long for you to put put, put pen to paper, as they say? <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, writing a book is it's a lot of work. Right. Uh, it's, it's a deep dive in a way that I'd never undertaken before. A newspaper article, you know, you, you can turn around in a few hours or a few weeks. But a book and trying to, you know, just make sense of your subject is just such a deep dive. And that's really what it it started with me calling the founder of Goose Island, who I already knew fairly well and had Mm. written about for the Tribune a fair bit, and said, look, I think the Goose Island story could be a book. And this was after they had sold Anheuser-Busch InBev. Right. Um, And for the first couple years, 
uh, you know, I was sort of it was start and stop. It wasn't a, it wasn't steady work the whole time, uh, but it was just trying to even just figure out what the story was. I I did not know what the story was when I started, so I spent a couple of years just interviewing the founder over and over, talking to anyone I could, talking to his son who was brewmaster for 23 years, just trying to wrap my brain around get all the information and then figure out, okay, what's my story? What's my narrative arc? Right. And then when I started, I didn't know if the end of the story was Goose Island selling to Anheuser-Busch, but it turned out that was the midway point because what happened after Goose Island sold to Anheuser-Busch was really interesting. Right. Is that Anheuser-Busch kept buying American craft breweries. So Goose Island was the first of 10. Yes. And, and as you say, every time, you know, one of these breweries sells, Someone gets upset. Someone says sell out, and it sort of opens this whole can of worms about and questions. You know, what does it mean to be an independent business? What does it mean to be a craft brewery? What does it mean to be acquired by a you know two hundred fifty billion dollar company? Right. Uh, so this you know those questions kept coming up over and over across these six years, and uh, so really part of the reason it took so long is that the story was just still unfolding. I I didn't have an ending. I felt like for several years, and right. then. It, started fortunately came into view and 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 i got it yeah i mean it, it, obviously the, the beer business was continuing to evolve there once goose island was sold and then another perfect example is blue point brewing which was also yep. bought by ab InBev. and it's funny the first show that i ever did uh, talking about beer uh i was a big fan of blue point brewing i actually interviewed uh the the founder of blue point brewing uh mark burford and he told me he he told me the reason why he sold to AB InBev. He said, I want to build a new facility. We're an indoor-outdoor operation. I could take a loan from the bank, but if something happens, now I have to put people out of work, and I didn't want that to happen. And he said to me, you know, at that point, this was two years ago, he said, no one from Anheuser-Busch has ever come to me and said, do this, do that, do this. The recipes are the same. The beer is still the same. We're just owned by a bigger company now. And let's face it, Josh, some of these people are in the, are in this business to make money. I mean, if you're that good and somebody wants you that badly and they wave a check in front of you, I mean, nine out of ten people are going to go, you know what, I'm going to take that check. That's worth it to me. I mean, I get some people are in this business because they think that it's a way to get get rich quickly, which I disagree. Um, but, you know, for some people it's, hey, how could I turn down the offer? Yeah, it's you know, it, it is, it's sort of hard to begrudge someone who takes the risk and builds something. And build something good, and then gets the opportunity to, to you know, <laughs> to sell it for anywhere from, you know, well, right, whatever the price is. I mean, to, look at two hundred million dollars. Right. Um, look at so, look yeah, at Ballast Point. Look at Ballast Point selling to or Constellation. Dollars exactly. Right. Yeah. And and it's interesting that I mentioned Ballast Point. Ballast Point has just opened in Chicago. Uh, they yep. opened a tap room there. And what's interesting, you had mentioned it, I believe, in in, in a piece that you had tweeted uh, the other day talking about how they're not going to be brewing that much beer there, but it's just to get Ballast Point kind of back on the map because, let's face it, Ballast Point's price point was ve- is very expensive. I mean, there's a lot of yeah. people who aren't going to plunk down 15 to $17 for a six-pack of beer, especially if they know that it's being made by a big beer company. Um, you know, they'd, they'd rather go with the $10 six-pack. So I guess this is a way to reintroduce it to the Chicago audience, right? It is, yeah, and and nationally, they 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 see the ballast point. You know, Chicago is very centrally located. We get a ton of tourism, right? Um, and the, they put the pub in a very hip part of town where people are, you know, uh, go out on Friday, Saturday night mm-hmm. to eat and drink. Uh, so you know, they're 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 hoping to capture uh, a a lot of new audience 
with with that pub. And then the you know the big uh, the most important thing is is the beer that people buy when they're in the grocery store. You're standing there looking at all those six packs. And the idea is that, oh, I, was, I went to this Ballast Point pub and had a really good experience there. You know what? I think I'll buy a six-pack of right. – uh, maybe a couple six-packs. Uh, and they, they did break out the 999 six-pack because you're right. Initially, they were operating this ridiculously high price point, and they seemed to think they could live there forever. They couldn't. So now they've got a line of beers uh, in the 999 range and the more expensive beers too. So, yeah, the pub is a way to sort of introduce people to the brand and then hope that people follow through on the brand. Um, and can I follow up on one thing we sure, talked about sure. before too? Sure, absolutely. So we, so we talked about how it's kind of hard to begrudge someone who does sell, you know, for a lot of money. But I, there are also, and I get into this in the book, there are also companies that had offers from Anheuser Busch in hand and t- decided not to take them and mm-hmm. took less money from other companies uh, because they just weren't comfortable with the idea. And I, there's one brewery; it's not in the book, but Sun King Brewing in Indianapolis. Their founder told me that he had an offer from a big beer company and he just decided he didn't want to sell that he i mean there's probably bunches of breweries out there who've had offers and decided not to take them right. so you know some people taking the off taking the money from big beer works for some companies it did for blue point in your neck of the woods mm-hmm. uh it did for goose island over here uh and others just choose not to go that way and you know there's a variety of reasons on both sides why they do it why they don't do it it's just it's never simple but it's you know it's always interesting yeah and, and you know and i get it we're talking with josh Knoll. he's a writer of beer food and travel for the chicago tribune but he's the author of a new book it's coming out june 1st barrel age stout and selling out goose island anheuser-busch and how craft beer became big business yes it's a mouthful but it is a great book you can follow him on twitter at hop notes josh is the website for the book and it's also links there uh, amazon etc we you can order the book. We're here on the Algatillo Craft Beer Cast on AM 970, The Answer. And, you know, that that's funny that that you mentioned that, uh, Josh. It's it's just, to me, like people get offended, to, at, at least to me, they get go to my face. How could you drink a Blue Point beer? They sold out to AB InBev. And I said, but their beer hasn't changed. It tastes exactly the same. I get it. I'm, I'm supporting corporate America. But I still go to my lo- – I have a local brewery that's five minutes from my house in New Jersey, Wet Ticket Brewing, that I go there all the time, and I'm drinking the beer, and it's great beer. I want to be able to spread the wealth around a little bit and be able to support these people. I don't like being made out to be a pariah just because I'm trying something that uh, three years ago was, was independently owned, and now it's corporately owned. I, I, I've, I've never bought that argument I, I get why people get annoyed by that, but I just I don't I don't buy that argument at all, you know. Yeah, no, I, I do, and my my attitude is always that people should drink what they want to drink. Right. My concern is um, uh, transparency with the customer. I mean, if you look at a Blue Point beer, there's really nothing on that can or bottle that's going to tell someone. I mean, you you know what's what, you right? Know, and the, but a, a lot the of average consumer doesn't, right? Exactly. They, right. The average consumer would never know that the Blue Point beer in their hand is actually made by Anheuser-Busch in the same tanks as Butter Bud Light. And that's not true of all Blue Point beers, right. but for some, it is. Yeah, that's true. And so if there's, you know, that, that's where sort of I think some legitimate concerns are raised is, are these big beer companies being honest with the consumer? Are they being transparent with the consumer? Uh, you know, if they are and the consumer knows what's what, and then the consumer like you decides, well, this is what I want to drink. Then, you know, God bless them. Who can, you know, everyone's free to do what they want. Um, but, you know, I think the, the argument that, that Big Beer is, is not be playing it completely straight with the consumer after making some of these deals, hmm. uh, I think that there's some fairness in that. And, I, and I, I dig into that pretty deeply in the book. 
Uh, and, and the book is, is great. Barrel-aged stout and selling out Goose Island, Anheuser-Busch, and how craft beer became big business. Josh Knoll, he's a writer of Beer, Food, and Travel for the Chicago Tribune, is our guest here on the Algatulo Craft Beer Cast on AM 970. The answer, joshnoll.net. Go right to the website. You can order the book from there. Last question from me, Josh. The Chicago beer scene, in my opinion, uh, seems to be a bit underserved around the country. We don't hear enough about it. We hear a lot about San Diego beer, a lot about Vermont beer, uh, San Francisco. We hear a lot of these different places in the country, but there is a, a lot of good beer that's coming out of Chicago. Revolution Brewing springs to mind. Uh, they make some great beer, and their distribution footprint is not that big uh, in the nation right now, but they've they got this deal with the Chicago White Sox that they're doing and uh, a couple of different things. What are some others that jump out at you that people should check out when they're in the Windy City? God, there's so many. So we actually have the uh, the fifth most breweries of any city in the nation. So yeah, the the senior is is huge. But I think a lot of it, as you point out, is that a lot of them don't have distribution too far beyond Chicago. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, Revolution's sort of the big daddy that's sort of doing battle with Goose locally, and they're definitely worth checking out. Half Acre is beloved by right. uh, by locals. Um, Maplewood is one that's sort of uh, on on the grow and doing some really good work. Okay. Off Color doesn't make an IPA. They're, they sort of do these kind of weird, arcane European styles, but they do them so well. They're just – and it's such a, a talented brewery. Um, boy, there's just uh, – oh, Metropolitan, they, all, they do sort of classic – uh, German styles, and they do them just so well. Okay. Uh, and and the other thing, if anyone's in Chicago uh, and wants some good beer experiences, tap rooms have been opening at a really rapid clip here. So there's just, in addition to lots of great beer to drink, there are lots of great places to drink them. Nice. Um, so yeah, Google uh, Google Chicago tap rooms and maybe my name, and you'll see all the stories I've written about them. There's been uh, been a ton recently, and it's. It's a great place to drink beer these days. Very cool. Me and my boys want to take a road trip to Chicago one of these days, so we'll definitely have to check it out. And when we're out there, uh, the first two beers are on me, my friend. My guest has been Josh Knoll. He's a writer of beer, food, and travel for the Chicago Tribune. He's the author of a new book. It's coming out June 1st, Barrel Aged Stout and Selling Out, Goose Island, Anheuser-Busch, and How Craft Beer Became Big Business. You can follow him on Twitter, at HopNotes, or go to joshnoll.net. That's the website for the book. You can order it right from there. Go right on to Amazon.com. I know we went a little long here, but it's the Memorial Day edition. You're having a barbecue right now. You're sitting back. Listen, this interview was well worth it. Josh, thanks so much for joining me on the Craft Beer Cast tonight. Very much appreciate it. Yeah, enjoyed it. Thanks, Al. Anytime. You got it. When we come back, it's time for Suds and Duds, and it's all after a short break on the Al Gattulo Craft Beer Cast on AM 970, The Answer. Jay Sekula explains how Iran is still a threat. Even with the president's announcement on the Joint Comprehensive Plan of Action, the fact of the matter is, Iran still is a threat. Now, they're less of a threat than they were a week ago, but they are still a threat. Not because just of their nuclear ambitions, but their desire to export terrorism around the globe. They view themselves as establishing the Islamic Caliphate. That's what this is all about. Jay Sekulow Live, weeknights at 6, right before Larry Elder at 7, on AM 970, The Answer. Hi, this is Joe Piscopo. I don't think there's any more important service in any community than a hospital emergency room. The ER is where you go in crisis and where you expect to find dedicated, talented professionals any time of the day or night. Let me tell you that the ER at Trinitas Regional Medical Center is such a place in the Elizabeth and Union County communities. And the best news is Trinitas is growing their ER to serve you better. They're doubling the number of treatment rooms, adding state-of-the-art technology, and creating separate 
separate private areas for families and seniors. The community is 100% behind Trinitas, and they're donating the entire $18 million cost of this project. Trinitas is an outstanding place for healing. I've been there. I've met the people. Please learn more about Trinitas Regional Medical Center by visiting TrinitasRMC.org today. That's TrinitasRMC.org. Thank you. This is Michael Riedel of the New York Post. Now, don't miss my show, On the Town, every Saturday morning at 9 o'clock here on AM 970 The Answer. The show is brought to you by my favorite revival out there now, Hello, Dolly, that great Jerry Herman musical, winner of four Tony Awards, including Best Revival. And it has a new Dolly in Bernadette Peters, who is one of my favorite Broadway stars. My friend Charles Isherwood in the New York Times says Bernadette Peters is indelible in the history of musical theater. I heartily agree. So don't miss Bernadette Peters in Hello, Dolly. To get tickets, go to Hello, Dolly on Broadway.com. It's Dennis Prager at 1, Michael Medved at 3, weekdays on AM 970. The answer. Segment of the Al Gattulo Craft Beer Cast. As always, you can follow me on Twitter at Al Gattulo, Instagram at Gattulo, that's G A T U L O, Facebook.com slash AG Craft Beer Cast, via email at Albert G at NYCRadio.com. And don't forget, iTunes and Google Play, just do a search for AG Craft Beer Cast. You can download and listen to every show right from one of those two platforms. A little uh, sound garden and outshine, and it's, it's hard to believe that uh, a week ago, a year ago, that we lost Chris Cornell. What a shame. What an amazing talent, fantastic singer, uh, but a, an unbelievable songwriter. This is a guy who could put together stuff in a heartbeat. Did movie soundtracks. Um, what was the last movie that he did? It was based on a World War I uh, type of movie. I can't remember the name of it. In fact, I haven't even seen it, and I have to, uh, I have to see it. But he wrote the, uh, he wrote the title track to... Um, uh, Casino Royale, uh, you know, just just tons of stuff that this guy collaborated with, you know, different artists and people, and was an amazing talent. Got to see him once right after uh, Audio Slave had broken up. He was doing his own solo thing. It was right about the time Casino Royale came out, I think, and um, took a friend of mine to the show. And what an amazing time that we had. I think we had seats like sixth row uh, at the uh, at the Beacon Theater. Amazing. Just an amazing show. Uh, definitely uh, Chris Cornell is missed without a doubt. Um, so suds and duds here. We're going to do something a little different uh, this time. Two events that I was at um, last weekend uh, with my wife, and um, what what an amazing time we had at both of them. We had uh, the Five Borough Craft Beer Fest, uh, which was in Brooklyn at the Well in Brooklyn uh, in Williamsburg, and earlier in the day we were at the B three, the Beer Bacon and Barbecue Showdown uh, over at um, in Morristown. It was actually supposed to be at uh, Lewis Meadow Park. Uh, but, of course, the rain got in the way, so they moved it uh, last minute uh, to the Morristown Armory, which I, I, I kudos um, to uh, Allison uh, Kohler, who, uh, put together the, who puts together these events in New Jersey. To be able to move this event uh, at such a short notice, it was basically two days' notice, 
and she was able to get the um, the event moved to another location is just is nothing short of a miracle. Honestly, I mean, really, I can't I can't say enough. The food was great. The beers were great. We'll get to the winners. We'll get to uh, talking about the Five Borough Craft Beer Fest in a minute. But two beers that I did have uh, over the last um, you know several days or so. A new one from uh, Breakside Brewery. Um, these are guys out of uh, Portland. Uh, Rainbows and Unicorns, an IPA. Uh, I, I, they sent me a big bomber bottle of this, and I ended up going for my one of my big glasses and a big full pour of this thing. I poured the whole thing into one glass and drank it through. Um, really nice, nice beer. Subtle bitterness, lots of peach flavor, definitely a summer beer. Uh, they sell this in New York. It's not available in New Jersey, but definitely in New York. Uh, so if I see some Breakside Brewing, uh, somewhere, uh, maybe Staten Island or whatever, or Brooklyn. I am definitely going to pick this up for sure. It was fantastic. Rainbows and Unicorns uh, from Breakside Brewery. And then, oddly enough, not even realizing it, uh, keeping with the peach theme, uh, the good folks, uh, my friends from Coronado Brewing, sent me Peach Cruiser, their new uh, IPA, which has been brewed with peaches, pureed peaches uh, in the mix. Uh, very peach-heavy in scent uh, and on the back end in flavor. Uh, really tasty. Nice bitterness. It's not overly bitter. You get that bitter... That that not I don't want to say it's a sharp bitter bite, um, but you definitely get that bitterness there, and then the peach just kind of shines right through. This was fantastic, and I had this after uh, mowing the lawn earlier in the week, and it was just a, a really good, refreshing beer. In fact, I gave uh, one of the other cans to my neighbor. We kind of you know I like to get a different perspective on things, not just from my palate, but other people's. And um, he had a sip of it, and he loved it, and his wife had a sip of it, and she is not an IPA fan by any stretch of the imagination, and she actually enjoyed it. So that's when you know that an IPA is good. If somebody who's not a fan of IPAs uh, tastes it it, and and likes it, that's definitely a good sign. So uh, we're here on our Suds and Duds segment on the Algatulo Craft Beer Cast on AM 970 Answer. So the Five Borough Craft Beer Fest was held at the Well in Brooklyn. A lot of great breweries that were there. Um, but I want to run down some of the beers that stuck out for me that I ended up having because I didn't get to all of them, uh, but I did get to uh, a bunch of them. So Dr. Joe Lacto, this is from Swiftwater Brewery. Uh, it was a coffee sour. Interesting, interesting flavor. I don't know if this is something I could drink ever on a regular basis, but as a one-off, you got, you got that coffee flavor with a sour beer. It was weird. It kind of felt weird on my palate. Um... But interesting. I, I don't know if I really enjoyed it a lot. Um, it was definitely worth a couple of sips, and then I had to dump the rest out. But uh, it was it's one of those, like, I would try it in a flight. I don't know if I would do a full pour of it, but I would definitely try it in a flight. So uh, interesting. Then there was a, a Rose Goza. I, I, honestly, I can't remember the brewery. They were next to, um, to Barrier Brewing. Got to see uh, Brian from, uh, um, from Barrier Brewing. And uh, my wife had it, and she really enjoyed it. Uh, I can't remember the name uh, of the brewery, and I'm sorry. I, w- I wish I remembered, uh, but it was uh, it was very tasty. I-, I really enjoyed that. The Barrier collaboration with Sand City was outstanding. Um, the Bearded Iris, they had a stout made with cookies. These guys do a great job, uh, Bearded I- Iris Brewing. They were fantastic. Um, I had a Blueberry Apricot Goza from Five Burrows Brewing. That was really tasty. That was a real nice palate cleanser. I just really enjoyed that. I'm finding I like Gozas a lot more now. Uh, that was a real nice palate-cleansing beer. I uh, had a uh, Pilsner from Alewife. These guys, I think they're in Long Island City. They were excellent. I have to get them on the show. They're a brew pub. Uh, definitely want to check them out. 
Uh, they were really good. And then I had uh, I had a, uh, an IPA. I think it was an IPA from Southern Grist Brewing out of Nashville. That one wasn't so good. I wasn't I wasn't too impressed with that. Um, you know, there were a bunch of others that were there. I mean, I, I, again, I didn't get a chance to try everything. Bolero Snort was there. Carton was there. Twin Elephant uh, was there. Finback. I mean, there was a lot of really good beers there. And the food was great. The bands were awesome. This is definitely an event. When they ho- ho- uh, hold it again in the fall, I have to absolutely go to this thing as a one-off because it was fantastic. I mean, really, uh, really good. So kudos to the folks from Five, uh, excuse me, from the Five Borough Craft Beer Fest. Thanks for having me and my wife. It was fantastic. We will definitely be back again. And the well is a super cool place to have an event. And the best part of this this event was no lines or barely any lines. You had to wait like one person. Uh, the food was great, and it was intimate. It was crowded without being too crowded. That's the kind of thing that I like. Now, let's move on to earlier in the day at the Beer Bacon uh, Barbecue Showdown. And this was held uh, at the uh, Morristown Armory. It was originally supposed to be scheduled at the uh, Lewis Meadow Park in Morristown, but because of rain, uh, Allison, who runs this event, ended up moving it to the Morristown Armory in, with two days' notice, which was uh, kudos to her. What a tremendous job of getting everybody there. So let's get into the best brews first. Icarus Brewing, uh, their Kalishnikov uh, Coffee Imperial Russian Stout, out of sight. There were so many good beers uh, to try, and we really had a tough time as judges kind of figuring out the best brew and the most unusual brew. Um, but the best brew that we thought by far that everybody took a sip of and said, ooh, this is really good, uh, was the Kalishnikov. It is an amazing beer from Icarus. They are really knocking it out there. Yacht juice is fantastic, but the Kalishnikov, and hard to believe that that beer is a 14 percenter. I mean, this is one, and again, they're giving us small cups to sip from, but you get a full pour of that and, and drink that down, I'm telling you, uh, you're in for a rough night. Let's put it that way. That is a great beer. If you haven't been to Icarus yet in Lakewood, definitely get down there and check it out. It's right by the Blue Collar Stadium. It's a, I think it's a diagonal from the stadium. Uh, you definitely want to check out the Kalishnikov. It's fantastic. And then for most unusual brew, we had a little bit of an argument, the judges and I. Uh, you know, uh, Deb, from, uh, Deb Smith from uh, Jersey Bites, Peter Kulos, uh, Chef Chris Massey, and um, Mike Kivowitz from uh, New Jersey Craft Beer. We had a little bit of an argument uh, as to what we thought was the most unusual beer. And um, turns out we ended up going with the Maze Maze from Manskirt Brewing, a, a Mexican Vienna lager, which was a shock to all of us because kind of, you know, you're trying to pick that beer that has like a unique flavor. And really, uh, Cape May Brewery's Rio Grande, uh, their bog, their cranberry bog, which was kind of like a shandy uh, cranberry wheat lemonade. We really wanted to pick that one, but we felt like that wasn't really representative of a beer um, in some ways because it's more of a shandy than a beer. So we chose Maze Maze because there aren't a lot of people that are doing lagers, and Manskirt nailed it. It's a great beer. It's very bready, um, and kind of those corn flavors, uh, you know, kind of like you're eating, you know, nacho chips at the table or whatever. It was a fantastic beer. So kudos to Manskirt Brewing uh, for winning Most Unusual Brew. And then, of course, Cape May Brewing won the People's Choice Award uh, for Best Brew. Again, a cranberry wheat lemonade shandy. Tart, refreshing, really nice. Uh, but um, we're really glad that they won uh, for the People's Choice because it was, it was a unique beer. But it was, it, it, to me, it didn't feel like a beer. It felt more like a wine cooler or a cider. So that's why I didn't really want to pick it uh, as, uh, as an unusual beer. So kudos to Mansker, Kate May, and uh, Icarus Brewing for the beer awards. And then the food for Best Barbecue Kimchi Smoke won again for their brisket this time, not for their chonut. The brisket was just fantastic, simple, 
juicy, melted-in-your-mouth type flavor. Awesome. Uh, could not have asked for better from kimchi smoke. It was just it was unbelievable. And then the best use of bacon, the culinary renegade, uh, my buddy Rob Burmeister, he knocked it out of the park. The crunchy Reese's peanut butter cup bacon was outstanding. Pork belly, a little bit of Reese's uh, melted peanut butter cup, and a little drizzle of chocolate. chocolate. It was the perfect bite. It was outstanding. Well done, uh, Rob and uh, the Culinary Renegade Wandering Kitchen. Uh, Just a fantastic job. And then the People's Choice Best Dish went to the Bearded One Barbecue for their brisket grilled cheese. Folks, if you haven't had this guy's brisket grilled cheese, (laughs) you're missing out on something. It is just, it is unbelievable. The Bearded One Barbecue. Just out of sight. Glad they won the People's Choice Award. So thanks, Allison, for the uh, for the invite and for judging. I will be back next year. It was great to hang with all the judges. We had a fantastic time. But, folks, we are out of time. My thanks to Darren Yellen, Jerry Crowley, Phil Boyce, Josh Knoll, his book, Barrel-Aged Stout and Selling Out, Goose Island, Anheuser-Busch, and How Craft Beer Became Big Business. It'll be out in bookstores June 1st. You can get it on Amazon.com or just go to joshnoll.net to order it. And, of course, last but not least, the great Buddy Watson. Back Tuesday on the Joe Piscopo Show at 6 a.m., this has been the Algatulo Craft Beer Cast on AM 970, The Answer. Cheers, everybody. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.